Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. This week's Lawn Order Marathon winner is Gina Carter of Norristown, Pennsylvania. Gina will get a marathon decal showing she watched 26.2 hours of her favorite crime show. To be next week's winner, sign up at lawnorderpodcast.com. I'm Kevin Flynn with Rebecca Lavoie and Sarah D. Bunting. And these are their stories. You think you know who did it, but you don't know who did it. Law and order, law and order, law and order. It's no ordinary police procedural, baby. It's the FNOG of police procedurals, baby. Law and order, law and order, law and order, law and order. These are their stories, these are their stories. Welcome to These Are Their Stories, the podcast about Network TV's most enduring crime franchise and the real-life cases that inspired their shows. I'm Kevin Flynn. Each podcast will break down an episode from either Criminal Intent, SVU, or Original Recipe. But today, we're looking at Law & Order Los Angeles, Season 1, Episode 12, Benedict Canyon. You heard the surveillance tape. She had nothing to do with the murder. That was a nice performance for the police, but our witness says otherwise. That broken down buffoon, you have anything other than his word that he acted on my client's orders? Beyond the fact that he had no other reason to want to kill a Hollywood stylist? Joining me to do just that is true crime author and the host of Crime Writers On at Netflix's You Can't Make This Up podcasts, Rebecca Lavoie. Hello, Rebecca. Hello, Kevin. And rounding out our panel is our special five-time returning guest, Sarah D. Bunting. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Where does the time go? Wow. I don't know. It was like two years. It just was like a big blur in the middle of all that. Five is a lot. It is. It is it is a lot of times. I'm I'm guessing I was the first, last, and only person that you asked <laughs> to talk about Law and Order Los Angeles. That's exactly Am I right, guys. You are right. Because you have such a breadth of knowledge in the Law & Order universe, or at least you're willing to go along. <laughs> mm-hmm. But Sarah, the mothership has relaunched. So between Law & Order, the Chicago franchise, and the FBI franchise, and all their spinoffs, Dick Wolf controls nine hours of network television. That's 20% of all network primetime television. I, I want to know, is that better or worse than Elon Musk controlling Twitter. <laughs> First of all, that figure seems low to me. Mm. I don't know. Um, I will also add that I think he controls some basic cable primetime oh, hours yeah. with uh, nonfiction stuff, which I don't tend to truck with. But um, is that better or worse than Elon Musk controlling Twitter? Uh, it's better. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I don't know how that was a question. Just because so many things are worse um, that like there aren't many things that are worse than Elon Musk controlling Twitter. So, you know, that that's a pretty easy one. But yeah, that seems low. Does that seem low to you guys? Well, I think on primetime that seems extremely high. But you're right. As far as syndication, I mean, you can't turn on USA or Ion or Sundance or some 
rare channel where you're either getting SVU or one of the other ones. It's it's now infested BBC America. Did you know that? Yes, yes. I have seen Old that. Old school mothership with like Zunza Sodes, which, <laughs> yeah, okay, I, if that's what they could get the rights to, good luck to everybody. Sarah, we know we've asked you this many times, at least four before, but of all the franchises, which two cops are your favorite Law & Order detective team? Favorite Law & Order detective team. You can't spell uh, Chester Lake without LA. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not going <laughs> thought, back to- I thought uh, Chester Lake might make an appearance. <laughs> not uh, going back to Chester Lake. I think you got to go classic Briscoe and Logan, but I do have love for Chester Lake and um, his fondness for Red Lobster as a as a cure-all <laughs> for, for what ails um, those who have been ground up by the system. What was his MMA name? Was it like Nighty Night or something like that? Yeah, it was something like that. Not Sleepy Time. Okay. <laughs> I think it was Nighty Night. And he was a rare book collector, and it was just kind of weird, yeah. He had Celestial yeah. T branding all over himself. <laughs> it does feel like SVU is due now in its um, 961st season for a mm-hmm. check-in with Chester Lake, who, when last we left him, was um, a guest of the state of New York, right? Everybody that, that Benson and Stabler busted have to be out on parole by now. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, certainly you can go back to remember in season one where they had that gathering of all the pedophiles so that they could arrest all the pedophiles at once. It yes. was like the Kiwanis Club of <laughs> pedos. All those guys are out now. Yeah. All right. Now, let's take a look at the first half of this episode. Law and Order L.A. Season one, episode 12. Season one. Benedict Canyon. <laughs> Well, we don't laugh at that. Don't kick a man when he's down. season, episode 12. Episode 12. We could just say episode 12. Uh, We see stylist to the stars, Lily Walker, in a luxury car being trailed by a bicycle. When she stops at a stop sign, a gunman fires through her window. Time for former prosecutor, now Detective Ricky Morales, and his partner, TJ Jarolzowski, I'm sorry, I've never been good with the Polish names. <laughs> to arrive at the crime scene. No shells anywhere. She would have probably used a revolver. But we have a witness who saw a white male on a bicycle. No wallet or purse. Car was in her name. Lily Walker, celebrity stylist. She picked out clothes for the A-listers. I'm impressed with you. <laughs> a handprint from the window comes back to Harry Rice. When they attempt to question him, Rice says he ain't going back, and he shoots himself in the head. So ends another two-and-a-half-minute episode of Law & Order L.A. But wait! Gun, bike, and fingerprints match, but the palm print doesn't include Rice's brand-new thumb stitches. Someone wanted Rice to take the fall. So, who has a beef with the murder victim? Well, Chloe Kardashian, of all fucking people. <laughs> She's mad because uh, Lily stopped yes. dressing her in designs by Jill Jennings. Six months ago, Lily's husband, Doug, took his name off all the assets so the money could go into a trust. Ricky and TJ suspect he must have been cheating back then. That's also the time that Lily had a falling out with designer Jill Jennings. The detectives learned Jill's town car driver is a former cop named Terry Briggs, and the two of them had a thing. Morales also learns that Rice was Briggs' informant when he worked undercover. Briggs admits to shooting Lily at Jill's request. The motive, (laughs) when she learned her husband hit on Jill, Lily had her blackballed. Briggs agrees to wear a wire to get Jill to incriminate herself, but she doesn't take the bait. Ricky and TJ arrest her anyway. 
Hmm. All right, let's start Please. with the cops and law and order. LA. Just because people aren't really familiar yeah, with this. Yeah, I was this. confused as hell, to be completely honest Well, Rebecca, you. <laughs> you, you correctly recalled from the SVU Jennifer Love Hewitt crossover yes. that Rex Winters, yes. played by Skeet, Skeet Ulrich. Ulrich. Yes. Skeet Ulrich. Yeah, he was the lead detective. His partner with a giant mustache is played by Corey Stoll. You know him from House of Cards and Billions. Yep. The first eight episodes of Law & Order... Back then, it was Law & Order Los Angeles. Yes. In the city of Los Angeles, the people are represented by two separate yet equally important groups, the police. Uh, it ran from September to December 2010, and then the show goes off the air for four months. It comes back, rebranded as uh, Law & Order LA, and they kill off Skeech, a Skeet, oh, uh, I call him Skeech. Just call him Screech. Skeech. <laughs> Very different show. Yeah, they kill off Skeet, and... They killed off Corey Stoll's mustache, which was probably the better, the better <laughs> hit. And so the lead prosecutor on the show had been Ricky Morales, played by Doc Ock himself, mm. Alfred Molina. <laughs> so after they kill off their lead character, Morales leaves the DA office and returns to the LAPD to resume his police career. Man, I thought criminal intent was chaotic behind the scenes. That is nuts. I, I don't. So I didn't watch this. I remember we watched episode one of this show. Yeah, we were actually in, in Los, Los Angeles. Angeles after we went to a conference, and we were like, uh-huh. "Oh, and that was the only episode of that show I had ever seen before you made me watch this one." And I was like, "Wither Skeet." <laughs> that was all. Wither like, Skeet. Where, where the hell did he go? That's Riverdale. It's <laughs> Riverdale. Yeah, is where is he? Jughead's father, or what is he? He's uh, sure. this doesn't smell of desperation from the same executives who gave jay leno a 10 o'clock show the year before yeah or who obviously regretted canceling mothership and then it's like well people watch this right because there's some people that are the same including one of the judges but whatever alfred molina Bless his heart and his doctorate from Ock University, but this is not <laughs> believable. And I mean, Rebecca makes a good point. Maybe if we had seen him be a cop before, we might buy it. I just don't buy it at all. And this whole like when someone is ranting at him later about the blue wall, like we'll we'll get into it. But it's like, but I mean, he he does a pretty good wall imitation, but he can, he can't really even do an American accent. <laughs> so the assassin's plan is: I'm going to chase the car while I'm on a bicycle. Yes, and hope that when it gets to a stop sign, it comes to a full and complete stop, and not one of those Massachusetts rolling stops. Yes, mm. very good plan. And she yeah. obviously suspects the bike is following her, and yet does not step on the gas, which would take her. Four seconds yeah. to get away from somebody on a bicycle. I yeah. do not understand this plan or this chase in any way. I feel Especially very Especially the guy that we find out is on the bike is probably seven sheets to the wind at the time. Yeah. So I don't think this is going to be hard. Just wait for him to hit a piece of gravel. It's fine. Yeah. But wait, instead of fleeing, the killer somehow takes the time to plant an entire handprint on the window and then pedal away. Yes. Lifted a handprint off the window. Suspect probably braced himself on the car when he fired. We're running it. Got a hit on the print. And the winner is Harry Rice, currently on parole. Last known address, Venice. Yeah, so I have a question. Yeah. Why plant the print at all? Because if there was no other evidence, then there would have been no evidence. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's my question, right? Why frame somebody rather than just have there be no suspect? Yeah. I mean, yeah. doesn't that seem like a better bet to have there be no suspect than to have there be a suspect who could say, I didn't do it or who may have had another alibi? Yeah, keep it simple. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have a feeling this is one of those we got 43 and a half minutes to fill and this is what we're doing. <laughs> so they go to a flop house to get rice and as soon as he sees someone not in his general direction, he bolts. I ain't going back in. Hands on your head, Harry. Good. By the way, this is so unrealistic. Six L.A. cops draw their guns on a guy with a revolver, and he's the only one who shoots? Mm. Yeah. Right? Sarah, those cops went over and just kicked the body just for good measure, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. They had to make it look good. He was white, Kevin. <laughs> That's why. they. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, we, can, we need to take him in alive. Exactly. <laughs> That's the law and order way. Oh, there's 41 minutes left. Drag yeah. it out. <laughs> and since you can't think about L.A. crime without thinking about O.J., it's fitting that for two whole minutes, Khloe Kardashian is a murder suspect. Yes. So Ricky and TJ find her wearing pink boxing gloves for some sort of powder puff photo shoot. This helps me forget. You should try it. I hear it helps with anger, too. I loved Lily. No offense, but you had us fooled. It's called acting. By the way, she doesn't pick her nose without eight attorneys. Why is she talking to the cops? Yeah. 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 I just, I found this appearance so interesting because you know Chris did it. Because it's like Chris is like booking their career like big time at this point, right? You know Chris is the killer? No, no, no. So Chris <laughs> got the phone call and was like, because all I could imagine is the background. Because like I watched Keeping Up, right? And I watched it in this era. And Chris was like, Chloe. I have an opportunity for you. And I bet there's an episode of Keeping Up on which this thing was booked. And now I want to go find it. Because <laughs> in this era of Keeping Up, like everything that got booked, a chapstick ad, you would see mm-hmm. Chris be like, Chloe, I have an opportunity for you. You get to put on lip gloss on your Instagram account. How would you like to star on a failing primetime show? <laughs> that nevertheless is a drama and will give you cred for reasons yeah that it'll you want it'll probably live in syndication forever yeah <laughs> you'll get residuals Oops. forever yeah and they'll talk about your butt so what was your beef with her last night lily dressed me in an alexander emery gown for the golden globes the dress in my ass looked like a pancake that's hard to believe yeah by the way she probably said something like you know my dad said you framed his friend so <laughs> Said, well, the, so the the motive for Chloe might be she put me in a dress that made my ass look like a pancake. Yes, mm-hmm. is that worth killing over? Apparently, I did like TJ's response, which was something like, "I don't see how that's possible." Yeah, <laughs> I I don't either. That would really take some uh, interesting lighting. But yeah, as someone with a you know like on a good day, it's half a it's like a silver dollar pancake. <laughs> not, not relatable to me. We have a couple of Hey, It's That Girls. Hey, it's that girl. Can you tell me who is playing Mrs. Walker? I was not always the best mom, so it meant the world to me that Lily trusted me to take care of Katie. Uh, That was Joe Beth Williams, yeah? Yeah, Oscar nominee Joe Beth Mm -hmm. Williams. It was? Yeah. 
You didn't recognize her at no. all? No. Oh, my God. I did not. How, that's what how happens, could that be? That's what happens when you start playing with your phone when the credits come on. Yeah. I guess that, yeah, but I didn't recognize, I know who Joe Beth Williams is and I didn't recognize her. How is that possible? She's famous for playing Karen and the, the big chill yeah. and the mom and poltergeist who wisely told Carol Ann to run into the light. <laughs> uh, by the way, in that scene in which the family is trying to get away from their haunted house and she falls into the pool and then all of a sudden all these skeletons come up. They used real skeletons. Mm. They didn't use plastic prop skeletons. They got real skeletons. Isn't that what the whole point of the movie was? The desecration of bodies? Oh, they had actual uh, bone skeletons. Yeah, actual bone skeletons. Oh, shit. They're really? like, well, well, we just... <laughs> and somehow it was cursed. So wait a minute. So people check the I will donate my body thing on their license, yes. and then that is what fucking happened to their body afterwards? That is not okay. There's so wow. many dead people want to be in show business. <laughs> I don't know. Did that bring anything more to it? You know, they, they could have had something made out of plastic. Next and- you're going to tell me it was a real puppet clown underneath that bed that like pulled them back <laughs> underneath the bed. It was. <laughs> Everyone a knows real that. haunted tree. A real haunted tree. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was from a magic garden. What yeah. road. This is what happens. Former child, former child trees. <laughs> Speaking of Magic Garden and all that freaky stuff, mm. uh, one of her first roles in the early '70s was on a kids' show produced by WCVB in Boston called Jabberwocky. Live host Ooh. Janky Puppets. Yeah, this is the era when the writers would do acid and create television shows. Yeah, like the Chuckle Patch and the all that. Chuckle Patch. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Can you give me the name of the actress playing Jill Jennings? Douglas and me, there's not enough bourbon in Kentucky. If anyone wasn't faithful, it was Lily. That girl had all the sincerity of a push-up bra. That's Paula Malcolmson. She was Abby in Ray Donovan. She was also Trixie. Trixie. The saloon whore with a heart of gold and Deadwood and Don't At Me because that's what they called her in the show. That's right. Uh, she's winning big praise overseas for her role as an Irish detective in the new miniseries Redemption on Virgin Media One, if you can watch it. It fits because she was born and raised in Belfast. Yes. Which mm. not a lot of people know because she doesn't, you know, usually whip that accent out. Excellent American accent. She's actually really good in this, I have to say. She's given some armpit high garbaggio to, to play, <laughs> but she she's one of the few sort of believable beats, I would say. In this episode, which is broke beyond necessity. By the way, what, can you do your Abby impression? Ray, Ray. Ray. <laughs> I mean, that's all her like half of her dialogue in the show, right? It, yeah. Ray. <laughs> what, what is it, Abs? Ray. Yeah. <laughs> mm, mm, abs. Yeah. Calabasas, Ray. <laughs> it's a, how did she get that accent down? She. I think they probably said, just pretend your drunk cousin moved to Boston. <laughs> And you're visiting him in Southie and do that. She's like, my drunk cousin did move to Boston. This works out yeah. fine. It did, yes. I already know. Can you tell me the guy playing Terry Briggs? You were playing me. Oh, Ricky. Oh, man, you always were a scumbag. You know, nobody ever trusted you. Nobody. Screw this. I don't even know who this this Lily Walker was. Oh, Jeff Fahey. Yes. Star of, I can't remember the name of this shtiz, but I actually rented it from the video store. Kids, ask your grandparents. He's the lead in this movie where he has an arm transplant and the arm comes from a 
convict yes. who was executed, and then the arm just goes fucking ape shit <laughs> <laughs> on everyone and is trying to strangle Jeff Fahey. He was also in Lawnmower Man. He is he's from the Hasselhoff school. Like he's not good, but you're getting all <laughs> the acting he's got. All of yeah. it. Rebecca, you might remember him as Frank Lapidus from Lost. That was the airline pilot who was supposed to fly Oceanic Air 815, but he overslept and he missed the flight. He later came to the island on that freighter, which was famously not Penny's Penny's boat. boat, And he was in Lawnmower Man, as uh, Sarah said, Stephen King's The Lawnmower Man. It was called the most unwatchable sci-fi movie ever. True. It's 100% hilarious. True. Right up there with virtuosity on these special effects. Ooh. <laughs> Gorgeous. <laughs> Do you recognize the woman playing the judge, Sonia Hirsch? Mr. Briggs' credibility is at best sketchy. Without cooperation, his testimony is not probable cause to hold Miss Jennings for trial. That's Elaine Kagan. That's Elena Kagan, Supreme Court Justice. No, no, wait, Sarah's right. That's Elaine Kagan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man, I was wondering why she was slumming it. Mm. Yeah, she was in the Super Mario Brothers Super TV show playing, <laughs> and this was the actual name of the character, the old psychic lady with the evil eye who reads fortunes and knows everything before it happens. Oh. It's all on mm. the IMDb. By the way, can you tell me who the actress was playing Chloe Kardashian? <laughs> that was Chloe Kardashian Odom. Correct. <laughs> what did Lily say? She denied it. I just hate that we left each other angry. <laughs> but well, the, by the way, this is her first non-reality show appearance on mm. her resume, although she's still playing Chloe, so it's not like a big stretch. What can you say about Chloe Kardashian that Twitter hasn't already said? Well, she has her original face in this mm-hmm. episode, which yes, was very surprising to me. I'm, I'm actually, I've actually gotten very used to the new Chloe face, so mm-hmm. I was actually mm-hmm. very like surprised to see the old Chloe face. I was like, oh, it's the old Chloe face. And she was still married to Lamar. Yep. Um, R.I.P. Chloe and Lamar's marriage. He was my favorite Kardashian of all time. The episode <laughs> where he goes to the dentist is one of the greatest hours of television in the history of television. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that's about it. This was also, I think, when she was on her way to her revenge bod, which is what she's now famous for. Right. Yeah. Right. So when her sister Kim hosted SNL uh, this past year, she cut one joke from the monologue, which was, oh, Chloe. You have the biggest heart. It is so big, it has room for Tristan and all of his side pieces. Oh, oh well, <laughs> when you're right, you're right. It, it's sad, but it's true. Yeah. <laughs> so lastly, did you recognize the woman playing Robbie Nathan, Chloe's PR hack? Mm-mm. One of our mutual clients was having an issue with Lily, and I thought a little dinner party might provide a neutral ground to work out their differences. Who's the client? Chloe Kardashian. All right, her name is Lori Allen. Her claim to fame is that she is the voice of Pearl Crabs and SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> That's her claim to fame? That's her claim to fame, yeah. All right. She's famous Wait, for that. So, so no love for uh, Griffin Matthews as the widower? You tell your boss that Lily put everything in a trust for Katie and she named her mom as trustee. I got nothing from her death. He is John Carter's cousin Chase on from ER. And um, he just has this um, smug frat wad face and I couldn't place it. I couldn't place it. And then um, then it came to me during a um, Paramount Plus commercial break that I was like, oh, (laughs) that's Chase Carter. Yeah. Him and his uh, spray tan, which is real unfortunate. Yes. 
I just got mugged in my own in my own bit. You did. I well, didn't she know. she knows all of the hey, it's that guy. Yeah, kind of like she should be getting a nickel for every time we say <laughs> hey, it's that guy. <laughs> TJ does have a little Briscoe in him apparently. When uh, they think that the nanny might have been sleeping with Mister Walker, he says, "Did you know the nanny is Swedish for daddy gets lucky?" Oh, Jesus. Look, to be honest, if Rich Mommy is already willing to hire someone to do the work she doesn't want to do, she doesn't want to do blowjobs either. So, Oh, Kevin. I'm just saying. It's Los <laughs> Angeles, Sarah. Back me up. Uh, they got unions for everything out there. I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, there was some very bad writing that they're trying to give people like Briscoe lines and it doesn't work because it's, you know, not Briscoe. Someone else says that I guess Lily had all the sincerity of a push up bra. And I was like, good. L- Wait, what? <laughs> it just sounded like a very sort of hard boiled, um, like something crate and or barrel would say on Bosch. That so was like, yeah. this is not a push up bra is pretty damn sincere. It's pushing up your gals. That is a mm-hmm. sincere job. For some people, yeah. it's doing a lot of work. Yeah. yeah all the work. All I the mean, work. It's, <laughs> it's determined. <laughs> so Morales and Briggs have drinks in this very nice bar and we find out later and I think that this is hard to believe does it look like they've been drinking for four hours <laughs> Jeff Fahey looks like he's been drinking since the 1940s yeah. what <laughs> is going on where were you hiding undercover vice over around Venice Beach Venice Beach? Thought you hated the sun. Reggie, you talk about a gig. I had bronze coming out of my ears. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Deb, come on. We're getting a little thirsty over here. I put $100 worth of scotch down. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Alfred Molina in this looks like he died and was preserved uh, for his casket. He looks like he was aged in reverse for this role. And I know it's because it's from 2011. But doesn't he look waxy? <laughs> this episode, he looks so waxy. It's like they gave him D'Onofrio pills. <laughs> well, and I, I feel like they were still, like certain shows were still sort of adjusting to the concept of HD. Yes. And um, the um, pendulum had not swung back on how to make up a yes. middle-aged person so that they don't look like Like a they're clown? wearing grease paint, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By the way, it doesn't take long to realize that Jill understands that Briggs is wearing a wire. What are you talking about? You know what I'm talking about? Lily. <laughs> okay, fine. Don't I at least get um, at a boy? What for? Damn it, Jill, don't screw with me. You know I killed her for you. You did what? Are you for real? You asked me to do Let it. Let go of me! You stay away from me! Don't look at me! Look at him! He's the murderer! If, a, if the cops just questioned you about a murder that you secretly planned, and the guy who pulled the trigger is waiting for you in a public place with champagne, you really should assume you're being recorded. Yes. Mm-hmm. Also, who celebrates the fact that they just committed a murder? Who's like, let's celebrate. <laughs> Someone's yeah. dead. Waiter, waiter. <laughs> Your finest, don't parry on, please. We did it on a bicycle. On a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> My bicycle transplant the fingerprint plan. And then that guy shot himself. Cheers. <laughs> it couldn't have worked out any better. And when they always do these, like, we're going to plant the bug in the restaurant, you see the cops waiting in the kitchen. Yep. 
And I wonder, like, you know, does the cook, like, go, the son of a bitch, right in front of my uh, my salad station. Again. They have, like, all this big steam coming up behind them. Like, are they going to back into the hibachi and get burned? <laughs> it's really messing with the service. I mean, how do they make that happen? Are they like, we're going to call the health department if you don't let us do this? And it's like, well, it's- but now there is a violation because you and your clip-on tie are messing up my tr- my truffle situation yeah. yeah they love playing hardball with people to like you know so they get around subpoenas i would like to see them strong arm the maitre d be like all right if you don't want people to we will bring the health department in and uh ins and check the kitchen unless you let us put a little wireless bug in the uh the the flowers on the table and let us hang out in the kitchen. Yeah, during by the, service. By the way, there's been sh- there's an excellent chance there's going to be a big scene <laughs> after <laughs> she says something. So you might be want to be prepared to offer people a free drink. None of your other back. customers will be disturbed by it at all, and no. we are not mm-hmm. going to compensate you in any way for this. Yeah, sorry about the future Yelp review, but this is important. <laughs> I would give that five stars though. If like it became clear that a sting was unfolding next to me. I'd be like, look, I've had better ravioli, but dinner and a show, fucking A. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better, too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Let's take a look at the second half of this episode. Jill Jennings is sticking to her guns. She tells feisty Deputy DA Jonah Decker and freshly sun-kissed New York transplant Connie Ruberosa that she never asked Briggs to kill Lily Walker. I hated Lily, but I never asked Harry to kill her. Obviously, Briggs thought he could win her back by killing Lily Walker. Drop the charges against Jill, and she'll be more than happy to testify against him. If that's the best you got, Mr. Steinberg... We'll see you at the preliminary hearing. Briggs testifies that a preliminary hearing that Jill asked him to shoot Lily, but on cross, it comes out that Morales ran up a $120 bar bill getting information out of him. When the defense suggests it was evidence of a police cover story, the judge dismisses the charges and they need to start over. Ruberosa learns Lily once walked in on Doug and Jill at a restaurant, a ploy set up by Jill likely to break up the marriage. Also, both women see the same masseuse for similar back issues. Lily and Doug were supposed to go to a fancy party the night of the crime, but Jill secretly pulled strings to get Lily's mother into a different fancy event. That meant Doug had to stay home with the baby, and Lily was alone in the car for the shooting. At Jill's murder for hire trial, the defense accuses Mrs. Walker of abusing Lily as a child. She admits she had a drug problem, but has been clean for decades. Briggs again testifies against Jill, but the judge adjourns for the night 
before cross-examination. What could possibly happen? Well, he could get shanked in prison. So because the defense cannot cross-examine Briggs, the judge ponders their request for a mistrial. Meantime, looking for how Jill knew the story of Mrs. Walker's abuse, Decker and Ruberosa learned Jill's parents were actually foster parents who said the child would stab a doll that she named Sister. (laughs) Okay, Freud. Uh, It may be L.A., but they still have a conference room where all this shit comes out at the end. The prosecutors bring in Mrs. Walker to confront Jill with the fact that she and Lily have the same congenital spinal defect and that Mrs. Walker gave up two daughters when she went into rehab and when she returned, only picked up one of them. Lily was unaware Jill was her resentful sister and trying to destroy her family. And when that didn't work, Jill turned to murder. All right, so as we said, when Law & Order LA premiered, Alfred Molina's character was the DA, and after the shakeup, they brought in Terrence Howard and brought back (laughs) Alana De La Garza. Now, you can say it about Jesse L. Martin, but I get to say that Alana De La Garza is probably the most beautiful person ever on Law & Order. I don't disagree. You don't disagree? All right. I mean, Jesse Mm. L. Martin's gorgeous. She's extra gorgeous. She's extra gorgeous. You can say it, yeah? Yeah. And Terrence Howard, by the way, is an incredible asshole. Yeah, super problematic. Yeah. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong bringing him in the cast? Yeah, Rebecca, you may recall this. I don't know, Sarah, if you know this, but uh, he is currently at war with the world's mathematicians because he believes that one times one equals two. (laughs) Okay. Uh, His quote, if one times one equals one, that means that two is of no value because one times itself has no effect. One times one equals two because the square root of four is two. So what's the square root of two? Should be one. But we're told it's two. And that cannot be. Even Jesse Smollett was like, you got to stop running your mouth, dude. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Yeah. He's not like he's not good here either. Like, you know, stuff came out 10 or 15 years ago. Um, He gave some interview to like Elle magazine or something with his um, rules for lady visitors to his home. Yep. Involving some um, really uh, granular instructions for uh, cleansing of the private areas that just suggest to me that um, this person is terrified of and hates lady parts. Yep. Um, and yeah. like, look, I love a bidet also, but don't like, don't have a laminated printout. That's fucked up. Yeah. Um, yeah. By the way, he's bad at division. He's probably bad at multiplication too, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Think yeah. about, think about how problematic you have to be to get kicked off the incredibly like, Toxic masculine set of uh, Iron Man, yeah, the Marvel <laughs> universe, <laughs> where like it's like masculinity everywhere, and like they can't even have you back for a second. Who, film. who has Don Cheadle's phone number? Please. <laughs> yeah, I was actually thinking there's a lot of like Marvel in this episode, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil why Alfred Molina is now. Um, never mind. Uh, but we have Corey Stoll, right? Who's an Ant Man? Mm-hmm. Was he okay? Yes, he was. And uh, Terrence Howard, of course, made his brief. Yeah, <laughs> his little brief Marvel appearance as Rhodey before he was replaced by Don Cheadle. So, uh, Ruba Rosa, by the way, is living her best life. For one, she's driving, I guess, her dead stepfather's convertible. <laughs> yeah, Damn. is this your ride? Yeah, it was my stepfather's. After he died, mom couldn't bear to sell it. Sat in her garage for four years. Thanks. <laughs> and her parking space is has a giant sign with her name on it. Yeah, where she parks the convertible with the top down. 
So she's just begging for a defendant to wait in the back seat. You know? Ooh, sneak up, sneak up behind her. By the way, style points for Ruberosa. She still eats her pizza slice folded like a New York transplant. Mm. Fucking A. <laughs> now, the very expensive defense attorney looks at Briggs with his long, disheveled hair, his flyaway beard, his hollow eyes, and he says, Hey, you ever drink? <laughs> Yes, it's all part of your defense. I know it. <laughs> his liver problems are like very obvious by his looking at his skin. He's like yeah. one of those. If he got shanked in the liver instead of the neck, he might have lived. <laughs> yeah. It would have just oozed out cutty sark instead of, yeah. instead of blood. <laughs> now, I know that both of you just you know rolled your eyes at my nanny comment but there is no way you didn't think that high-priced masseuse was not servicing jill and lily when you first saw him i don't know that tuesday did you happen to mention robbie's party to jill i'm very discreet i'm very skeptical i have my hands on a blank subpoena would you like me to fill in your name you thought it though i don't know right off top come on Listen, like your first thought had to who be am I right to judge right no i don't i don't think he services that side of the aisle just my opinion <laughs> he said that Lily had spondylitis. What? Uh, I'm sure it's unpleasant, but it sounds like an ailment that Willy Wonka would invent. Exactly. Spondylitis? Was that really yeah. the name of it? Yeah. <laughs> you drank fizzy lifting drinks, you'll get spondylitis. Lavender blue, spondylitis, lavender green. Yeah. Look, I'm singing. Uh, That's how bad this episode is. Just wait for the spondylitis awareness community to come at you on yeah. Twitter, Kevin. Or like Ned Flanders discovered it so he got to name it spondylitis <laughs> scumdelicious the everlasting backcracker <laughs> by the way those are some very honest foster parents the girl who came here stabbing her dolls in the eyes with knitting needles Gwen came to us when she was nine she had a doll she called sister I walked into her room and she was sticking one of my knitting needles into the doll's eyes look I don't know what somebody did to that girl. We couldn't fix it. She came in that way. Yeah, so that's the thing. Did she come in that way or was she made that way by the mother abandoning her? And no wonder the mother abandoned her if she came in that way. I would have too. Okay, that's a horrible thing to say. But uh, she said she couldn't take them both because she couldn't handle it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like she didn't take them both because one of them sucked. Is what it actually yeah, probably. Like. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but there's no. I mean, there's no like cause effect. There's no sort of exploration of how this would work in terms of what the system would prefer with right. biological parents having custody. There's no exploration of the fact that nobody except Jill recognized each other. Mm-hmm. I just find that extremely difficult to it's wild. believe. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, but can you just like show up and say, "Here are your two kids." Like, nope, just taking the one. I don't think just taking the one. No, you can't go to the kennel with your two dogs and go. No, I'm just taking the lab. (laughs) (laughs) I'm leaving the bulldog. (laughs) What? No, I'm serious. After vacation, you mean? Just the lab. I have some naughty pets, and it's tempting. But (laughs) if if you can't do it with your jerk cats, you definitely can't do it with your kids. I thought Joe Beth Williams did it, and I mean. In a way, I guess you could say she did. She like uh-huh. incubated this character disorder that that we end up with. But was the was the 
outcome, the big revelation to you guys, did that just feel like there's absolutely no way in the age of the internet that this could have continued? I mean, never mind that she doesn't recognize her own child. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, but I mean, this was like, this is on, this is from an Unsolved Mysteries episode from like 1988 when people actually have to write into the show and get Robert Stack to reunite them with <laughs> their siblings from whom they were separated at the orphanage like in 2011? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also amazing that the uh, two daughters of a self-proclaimed crack addict would one would go on to be a famous stylist and the other would go on to be a famous designer and both be super successful i think at some point jill should have just said i'm calling it off i think i think i'm okay with the fake life that we have going here did jill become a famous designer just so she could be in the position to do this like the show sort of intimates that that might be the case which is ridiculous yeah (laughs) right and so you know somehow they piece together that you know both of them have the same back issue and jill knew the things about the mother so that both jill and lily had been sisters and jill has been holding this grudge for a long time Mm. they told us mommy was getting out of the hospital our foster mom made us chocolate chip pancakes the other kids wanted some but they were just for us it was our special day because we were going home with mommy. Why didn't you pick me? Why? The special day that mom was supposed to pick them up, they had pancakes that were flatter than Khloe Kardashian's <laughs> ass and a knockoff Alexander Emery dress. <laughs> pancakes. <laughs> By the way, couldn't they just compare the DNA samples they already had in the cases? Oh my God, yeah. that's a really good point. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is an extraordinarily long, complicated con that's just like only on TV. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's safe to assume that if they arrested her, they would have taken a DNA sample, right? Right. I mean, there's the possibility she could have been at the crime scene. They would have looked for that. That's really that's a really fun detail that they just sort of like glossed over. Yeah. Yeah. We never bothered to go back and check. Clearly, Melinda Warner does not work there. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) This episode would have been over in four seconds. Oh, my God. But then, Jesus, it would have ended up being Simon. (laughs) his brother somehow from beyond the grave (laughs) exactly (laughs) across America BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico it's and not or See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. All right, let's take a look at the real-life story that inspired this episode. It's time for Ripped from the Headlines. You think you know who did it. You think you know who did it. But you don't know who did it. You don't know who did it. Ripped from the headlines. 
This episode takes cues from the story of Hollywood publicist Ronnie Chasen. For decades, Chasen drummed up PR for celebrities and motion pictures. She was often called upon to create buzz within the film industry for movies angling for Oscar nominations. After attending a movie premiere in November 2010, the 64-year-old Chasen was shot in the chest and back as a Mercedes turned off Sunset Boulevard in Beverly Hills. News leaked that police believed the shooter to be an expert marksman and that she was perhaps the victim of a road rage incident or the target of a professional hit. A tip on America's Most Wanted led cops to an East Hollywood flophouse. As they tried to serve a search warrant, they ran into Harold Martin Smith in the lobby. He'd been in and out of prison for petty thefts and stick-ups. Before police could question Smith, he took out a 38 and shot himself in the head. Authorities later matched the gun to the bullets from the crime scene. Investigators closed the case, saying Ronnie Chasen was not a target, but the victim of a random robbery. So many of these details up at the top kind of match up the the bike, the stop, the suicide before the apprehension. They did miss, I think, the creepiest dramatic detail, though, that they could have put in this is that when the EMTs arrived on the scene, Jefferson Airplane's White Rabbit was playing on the stereo. Oh, yeah. You just see everything kind of moving in slow motion, right? (laughs) And I believe they didn't they recently use that song in an SVU episode. Probably. Or a, or a crim- yeah, or criminal. Yeah, I think they did. Or on They're- one of the Elliot episodes. Mm. That's that's a song that they did recently license, I believe, but maybe they didn't have the budget for this uh, franchise. Yeah. At the time. It was only one season. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they did all that uh, skeet Earl Rich <laughs> salary recapture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So when she died, Chasen was worth $6 million. Much of her estate was given to charities like the American Film Institute. She had two nieces. One of them received a sizable award. Uh, The other was pointedly given $10. Hmm. Who got it in the face now? (laughs) Ouch. Ouch, yeah. So how did Smith get caught? Well, the same way as they all do. He told somebody. Yeah. The tipster from America's Most Wanted was a disabled punk rocker on disability named Laramie Beckay. He was the neighbor. He wrote a punk song about his experience. It's called The Hills Are Bleeding. Oh. It's probably gosh. not very good. Okay. Uh, How do you know? Could be awesome. I looked for it on Spotify. It's probably <laughs> short. It's probably short. Punk song. <laughs> Two minutes and you're done. And it's fast, yeah. Uh, Because no one can just accept that shitty things happen in the world. There is a contingent of the Hollywood community who don't believe the police story. Yeah. They think someone from the entertainment industry contracted an assassin and the Beverly Hills Police Department is just covering it up. Mm. So you can have QAnon crazies in every class of American life, every every industry. Listen, if this were a Scientology plot, I would be super into it. Is yeah. it? Yeah. Is it one? No. Yes or no? No, no Scientologist involved uh, as far as I also, know. Also, police incompetence is not the uh, not the skinniest limb to roll exactly. out to the end of. No, this is true. Uh, Harold Metzner, who is the head of the Palm Springs Film Festival, he offered a $100,000 reward for information leading to an arrest. And uh, when Becky came forward to collect, he refused to give him the money because he claimed the murder was still unsolved. Mm. Hmm. Uh, It seems to be a great way of avoiding paying the bill when it comes due. (laughs) Yeah. 
No, I don't believe I ever ate that steak, uh, <laughs> sir. I will not be paying the bill. I have decided this is not the solution that it's I wanted. Not solution. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the ending that I've written to this story. Don't you know I'm an entertainment? <laughs> uh, FYI, Becky did get a partial payment, one that would not endanger his disability benefits. So mm-hmm. whatever that sweet spot was, he used it to buy a 2011 bright green Camaro with manual transmission. Nice. Bitchin'. Which I can only imagine blended in the Flophouse parking lot so well. Amazing. <laughs> that shit got tagged immediately. Immediately. (laughs) (laughs) So the night of the shooting, Chasen had just come from the movie premiere of Burlesque. Mm. Uh, That's right. I can't think of a sadder thing than the final two hours of your life were spent watching Christina Aguilera and a 64-year-old leathery Cher trying to pole dance. (laughs) What's the matter with burlesque? Come on. Classic. It lost so much money, Sony Pictures posted a loss for the quarter. A $60 million loss. (laughs) They brought a reward for the profits for that movie. Yes, exactly. (laughs) They were trying to claim the reward money for solving this murder in order to balance the books. Good God. Hey, that's going to do it for us. We want to thank our guest, Sarah D. Bunting. Sarah, where can our listeners follow you online? Uh, they can follow me and my writing partner, Eve Beatty, at True Crime Review Newsletter, Best Evidence. You can find that at bestevidence.fyi. We try to find the true crime that's worth your time. And Rebecca Lavoie, how can our listeners follow you? On Twitter and Instagram at Reb Lavoie. And you can track me on Twitter at Kevin P. Flynn. You can also tweet to us at Law and Order Pod or follow us on Instagram at These Are Their Stories Podcast. Our newsreader was Cy Freighter. Our theme music was composed and performed by Uncanny Valleys. Content assistance from Travis Roy, Lily Flynn handles promotions. To get ad-free episodes of These Are Their Stories a week early, sign up for Stitcher Premium. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act fair use exemption for criticism and commentary. Go to lawandorderpodcast.com, sign up for our newsletter for a chance to be our next Law & Order Marathon winner. These Other Stories was recorded in the yoga loft above the bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio and is a production of Partners in Crime Media. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.